What a mighty God we serve. Amen. Amen. We're going to continue a series we started last Sunday on covenant keepers. Covenant keepers. I feel a mandate from the Lord that we're to start not just a series, but something that's going to turn into a movement where we're going to have covenant keepers joining all around the world. I, I just see conferences and conventions of covenant keepers and, and stadiums filled with men and women of God coming together and, and going to the next level and understanding who they are. But we're going to start it right here at Christian Embassy. So we're going to pick up on this series of covenant keepers. Today we're going to be talking about understanding spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. But as a covenant keeper, I just so appreciate the fact that our God is a covenant God. Covenant is not something we came up with. Covenant is something that God has come up with. He tells us throughout the Scripture in Deuteronomy 7 and 9 and Psalms 105 and verse 8, He says He is a God that keeps covenant for a thousand generations. Hallelujah. In other words, He's a God that will not break covenant. And if we'll enter into covenant with God, how great it will be. He has also given us the example here of, to mirror what a covenant should look like and how a covenant should be until death do his part in the covenant of marriage. And guess what? The first service this morning, we had a couple renew their vows who had been married over 22,250 days. And you imagine how long that is. 61 years and two days they, were, they, they were, had their renewal today. We brought them up on the stage in the first service. And what an exciting thing. God has given us the covenant of marriage here on earth to mirror the covenant that He has made with us. That Yashab, that inhabitation where He moves in with covenant provision and covenant love and covenant commitment. What a great God we serve. And the greatest covenant of all, let me tell you what, is the covenant that was mediated by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 7 and 8, and I encourage you to meditate on those two chapters in the Bible this week, Hebrews 7 and 8, where Jesus came in as a better high priest who came in and mediated a better covenant built upon better promises, signed and sealed with better blood, not the blood of an animal, but the blood of the Son of God Himself, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So what an amazing covenant we have. But what breaks my heart is to see the people of God who have the provision of this covenant, but they don't understand it, they don't know how it works, they don't know how to work it, and they're living as though they're outside the covenant. And to me, I feel like it is my job, this is part of a divine assignment, is to help people understand the covenant that Jesus has mediated for us and these better promises by our better high priest, hallelujah, so that we can go to the next level that God has for us. Because while the kingdom of God is our covenant inheritance, each of us, every one of us, we have to deal with some struggles before we fully inherit it. And we're here to help you through those struggles. And one of the greatest struggles I have found is not the devil. One of the greatest struggles I found is not, are not demons. The greatest struggle I have found is the understanding of spirit, soul, and body. When we don't understand that, we then fall short of being able to walk in the covenant blessings of God. I gave an example last week of three people up here on the stage, and here we've got flesh and uh, our body, we've got uh, soul, and we've got spirit, okay? Now, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. That's the death that uh, God told Adam and Eve about when he said, if you eat of this fruit, I've set up a covenant, the Edenic covenant, and if you eat of this fruit, you're going to break covenant and you will die. Well, the devil came in and said, surely you're not going to die. The re they looked, they saw with their eyes, they reasoned that this, this uh, fruit was good to eat. They violated the covenant and their spirit man died. They physical, they kept living physically and kept their soul kept living, but their spirit man died. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. So our sin has caused our spirit man to be dead. We're born in sin, so we're born with our spirit man dead. But now there is a miracle that takes place and it's called the miracle of the new birth. Miracle of salvation. Where we who were dead are made alive. 
And it's not our soul and our body. They weren't dead. It was our spirit man that is dead. So when you get saved, your spirit is born again. The old is pa- all the old is passed away. The new is be- everything's become a new creation in Christ Jesus. So now here's soul and flesh or soul and body. They've been doing their own thing because it takes two or more in agreement to have anything established. So they've been doing their own thing. And now a third person's moving into the apartment. And he's saying, I'm here. I got a voice. And uh, I, we're going to share the rent. We're going to share duties here. And, and I've got a say in this thing now. And these two have been renting and doing their own thing. And they're like, wait a minute. Three's a crowd. Three's a crowd. So there comes a conflict that takes place. And that's why in Galatians 5, 16 and 17 and following it says, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. These two are contrary to one another. Your flesh doesn't want you to do anything for God. So, so we thought it was the devil trying to keep us from doing anything from the God, for God, but it's really the flesh. Now, Satan rides on the appetites of the flesh, and he speaks to the weaknesses of the flesh, but it's the flesh <clears throat> that is keeping us out of what God has for us. So God says, you've got to walk in the Spirit so that you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, because the lust of the flesh is contrary. It is fighting against the Spirit. <clears throat> And this word contrary literally means they fight. They fight. There's a fight going on in you. You know that. The flesh versus the spirit. This happens once you're born again. So the greatest struggle I've found is understanding spirit, soul, and body. Now let me ask you a few questions. Did you know? Did you know? Look at somebody and say, did you know? (laughs) Did you know? Did you know? that a Christian can actually die from sickness or disease while the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is, is dormant within them. It's right there within them, but it's dormant. But yet they actually die from sickness and disease, and they got the power of God, the Holy Ghost, that raised Jesus from the dead in their mortal body. Did you know that? Did you know that a believer can be overcome with depression and anger and bitterness while possessing God's love and God's joy and God's peace in their spirit? They have the joy of the Lord. They have the peace of God in their spirit, but they, you, in their actual life you see there's depression, there's anger, and there's bitterness. Did you know that a child of God can die from lack through poverty while there is provision and prosperity of God that's already in their bank account. Did you know that? And how can this be? It is because they don't understand what changed when they were born again and they have difficulty receiving the promises of God. I'm here to help you on that. I'm here to help walk you from that place of not knowing to that place you do know because God says my people perish. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. See, the Bible says that every born-again believer has undergone this complete inner transformation. We read about it in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, that all things are become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. Now, it doesn't say that all things are becoming new. Get the, get the verb tense here. It doesn't say that all things may potentially become new. That is not what it says. It says they are new the moment you're born again. They are new the moment you're born again. Now, that means your spirit man that was dead is brand new, and now your spirit is, that is alive and new and fresh, I know your soul is still the same. You've got the same emotions you had before you got saved. The moment after you get saved, you've got the same emotions, mind, will, memories are there, five senses. And your flesh, we know the, your body, if you've got, you got a scar on your, on your uh, uh, thumb before you got saved, you've got the same scar on your thumb after you got saved, so that's not completely new. What he's talking about is this spirit man, it is born. You were created in the image of God. See, God is three parts. 
a Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity of God. But unfortunately, very few Christians have a functional understanding of spirit, soul, and body in their daily lives. I say it this way. Intellectually, most Christians believe that they are three-part beings, spirit, soul, and body. But functionally, we act as though we are really just body and soul. That's how we function in life, which keeps us out of the whole covenant promises of God here on this earth. They're confused about the operation of the soul and the spirit, seeing them basically as the same thing. I know for years I did the same thing. Do you know even Strong's missed it on this? You get into Strong's uh, concordance and he kind of uh, blurs the line in trying to uh, distinguish all three. It divines, it, he defines spirit, which is pneuma in the Greek there, uh, as an immortal soul. However, in my study of God's Word, I found a very distinct difference between spirit and soul. The body, the Bible makes that there very uh, dominant. For the spirit is your innermost part. It is, it is, it is uh, the supernatural side of you as you were created in God. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says it that way. It makes it very clear. It says that the very, and the very God of peace, He would sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your whole what? Spirit, your soul, and your body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, Let's say, for example, you're talking to me face to face. If you're talking to me face to face, you're seeing my body, but you're speaking to my soul, okay? The word soul is defined as some as your mind, your will, your emotions, your memories. So uh, your conscience, it should be added into that as well. So you can be talking to me and seeing my body, but you're speaking to my soul. You can feel both your body and you can feel your soul as they're receiving information. For example, if I put my hand on your shoulder, you could feel me touching your body. But even though I don't hurt you physically, I could hurt you through your soulish man by saying something like, did you know you're the ugliest thing that's ever walked on planet Earth? It, disgusting. I wish you would go hide in a closet somewhere. I just can't believe. You know, you'd be like, whoa, he hurt my feelings. He hurt me. I didn't hit your body, but I hurt you. So our soul and our body can feel things. They are very, very connected to this natural realm. It is our connectors to the natural realm. And these things that are processed through our mind affects our emotions, which affects our soul. So it's easy to know how your body feels. It's easy to know what's going on in your mind. Well, maybe for some people it's easy to know what's going on in your mind. I've met a few people in my life. I don't know if they really know what's going on in their mind, but we'll leave that for another subject. Okay. But uh, you know your emotions, your mind, and your body. But guess what? Your spirit, man, is so different. It cannot be accessed in a natural way. That is the supernatural side of you, and it cannot be manipulated through the natural. That's why John 3 and 6 says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. He meant there's no direct connection between the two. So you got flesh giving birth to flesh, spirit giving birth to spirit, and they are interrelated, but spirit is spirit and flesh is flesh. You simply cannot contact your spirit through your five senses or through your mind or will or emotions. And there's where the problem for Christian life, there's the trouble point. If you don't understand that spiritual reality can't be felt you will let your feelings and what you see dictate how you live, which will keep you down with the chickens rather than soaring with the eagles. The spirit takes you into the eagle realm. The soul and the spirit, uh, the soul and the flesh without the spirit is bound to the chicken yard realm, if I could say it that way. So if you don't understand this spiritual reality and how to uh, begin to walk according to the Spirit so you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, then you're not going to inherit the promises of God. Paul says, I've told you this and I'm telling you again. He's in Galatians 5. He says, you've got to learn to walk in the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. 
And that's what we've got to, we're focusing on here today because if you don't, you'll be confused when God's Word declares that you have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living in you, yet you, talk, wow, that's resurrection power, but you're feeling powerless. If you think spiritual truth can be discerned through your natural senses, you know, then you'll be baffled when the Bible says that you're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus and the same miracles He did, you can do and even greater things can you do. You'll be baffled because that's not what you see and that's not how you feel. Now we either let the flesh lead us in a soulish realm and live on a low level of existence, miserable let me tell you what, some of the, some of the meanest people on earth, let me, let, can I be honest? We talked about being transparent, okay? Some of, the most, some of the meanest people I've ever met on planet earth are that chicken yard living level Christians. And I understand, I used to didn't understand, why can someone, how can someone say they're a Christian and be so mean, be so judgmental, be so raw, be so nasty? How can it be? You feel like you got to go take a shower after you've been around them. Just all the vomit that comes out of their mouth. Nasty. But they say, I love Jesus. That used to really trouble me to the point I, I wanted to do what a lot of the people in the world do. If it says Christianity, I want nothing to do with it. Yeah, I understand where they're coming from. Because some of the most miserable people on planet Earth are the ones that hear of these amazing promises, hear of this supernatural life, hear of this uh, amazing God and the power of the Holy Ghost, yet they live miserable. They live depressed. They live in bondage. They live under oppression. They live in lack. They live with pain in their lives. And the two don't match and they don't know how to, they, they don't feel like they can just discard the Word of God and discard the Bible. But it's not matching for them. It's not connecting and it makes them mad they want to cuss in the name of jesus you ever saw people like that they just want to say ugly stuff in the name of jesus they may not but they feel like that see the apparent disparity between your natural experiences and god's word if you're not careful will cause you to want to throw up your hands and say it must not be true it must just all be a religious talk well i'm here to tell you that's a lie it is all true, and it is all for you, and I'm going to show you how God showed me to begin to see it in my own life. Hallelujah. It's the understanding of spirit, soul, and body that unlocks the spirit realm so you can begin to experience what you have and who you are in Christ. Hallelujah. In the natural, the spirit realm can't be felt. But so we can't, we know it's not something that we gotta, we gotta go find a, like a treasure somewhere in the field. I found the treasure though, and God gave it to us, and it's really simple. One way to accurately perceive spiritual truth and get your spirit man leading, because that's what we wanna do. Remember, flesh has been leading. Soul is like, well, you know, we really shouldn't do that. Yeah, we should. We gotta do it. It'll be fine. It's better to get, uh, 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 get uh, what is it? forgiveness than it is to get permission come on come on and uh but now spirit man's alive as you're born again and say no we're doing a metanoia we're doing a repentance we're doing a about face turn you've been leading old flesh man but now it's time for spirit to lead and remember that picture of the boxing match and flesh says no i want to keep leading and spirit man says no it's time to do it god's way i want to lead us into the covenant promises and provisions of god and the soulless man is here he's listening to the flesh and listening to the spirit and saying flesh we've been going your way for a long time got us in a lot of trouble got us in a lot of bondage got us in a lot of loss got us in a lot of pain you know what this spirit man sounds like he knows what he's talking about and the spirit man but you kind of knew i've not heard your voice much so i'm listening i'm talking so soul is in the middle torn it's like, you know, the cartoons with the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. It's not really the devil. It's uh, the flesh on one shoulder and it's the spirit on the other. And the soul is like, you go, oh my goodness, what in the world? Well, let me tell you what. If you could get this mind renewed. See, you can, you can build up the soul by renewing the mind and not conforming to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind that can come through the Word of God. That's what you guys are doing right now. Right now, you, there is a supernatural uh, process of 
of God of renewing of your mind. And your mind is coming to an understanding, I don't need to listen to flesh anymore. We need to, we've been going this way. We need to do an about-face turn and start letting spirit man lead because spirit will lead us into the fullness of the promises of God. Hallelujah. Somebody in here is making up your mind right now. You said enough of the flesh, it's time for the spirit. Enough of the old way, it's time for the new way. Hallelujah. We're going to go into all that God has for us. Now, in order to get the spirit man going in the right direction, you must get it all transformed into the soul and the body. There is one way God gives us where spiritual truth comes to us, and that is through the Bible. That is simply taking God's Word and believing it. Now, that's how you activate the super on your natural. You just take the Word and you believe it. That's how you get that spirit man born again. You take the Word, Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you will believe, believe, not sense, not feel, not do intellectual research, not an analytical report, but you simply believe what the Word says that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you are born again. That spirit man is brought to life, a new creature in Christ Jesus, and now he can lead your soul and your flesh into the covenant provisions of God. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The spirit man of you, being led by the Holy Spirit of God, can lead you into what is in heaven, come into to the earth. You can have heaven on earth in the covenant of God if you come as a covenant keeper. Praise God. Jesus said in John 6, 63, He said, it is the Spirit who gives life. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Actually, the flesh takes you into deficit. The flesh will lead you into trouble. You feed the flesh everything it wants. You'll eat all the ice cream. You'll be walking around a thousand pounds wondering why you can't catch your breath. And there your flesh says, give me more, give me more. That was peach. Now I want blueberry. They've got a new cheesecake out with the... the and, and oh my God, the flesh just, it is insatiable. It wants what it wants. It doesn't think about the consequences. Okay. The flesh is a covenant breaker. The flesh says, I'm in marriage in covenant with this woman. And, uh, but look at that woman. And look at that woman. And look at that woman. And she's looking at me. And the next thing you know, the flesh will lead you out of it. will break covenant. You cannot let the flesh lead. The flesh will lead you into destruction. Paul says, you must let the spirit lead if you're going to inherit the promises of God. If you're going to inherit the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing nothing. The words that I speak to you, Jesus said, my word, my words, they are spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. So God's word is what reveals to us spiritual reality. So what you got to do is you got to become, that's why I said this church, we always have to be word centered. We can put up the lights and we can put up this and we can put up that and we can change the backgrounds and we can try to look cool and hip or whatever it is, but we cannot in any way put the word to the side. Because the moment the word goes to the side, the spirit man has nothing to feed on and walk in and believe God for, and the soul begins to listen to the flesh again. And the next thing you know, you can have a church full of people, but it's dead. Have you ever been in a church where there were people, but it was dead? And you're like, they're singing the same songs, they're reading out of the same Bible, they, they're good people, but it's dead because it's not Spirit-led, beginning with their spirit. They don't want the Holy Spirit because Spirit speaks to Spirit. Their spirit is dead or their spirit is locked up. And that thing is all you know, intellectual or it's all flesh. It's like, let's get a, a, everybody worked up and enough fireworks going that everybody feels like, Poof, I made the hair of my neck stand up, God must be here, and they'll live with that. Or it's so intellectual that I'm so stimulated in the mind that it feels good. But there's no Holy Ghost. There's no Spirit. There's no miracles. There's no raising the dead. There's no healing. There's no, there's no promotion. There's no supernatural joy of the Lord. That, so we've got to be Spirit-led. Okay. So God's Word is Spirit in life. And God's Word reflects to who we are. See, when you look in a mirror... You are not really seeing yourself. You're seeing the reflection of who you are. Nobody's ever seen their own face unless it got tore off and you're like, oh, please put it back on. 
you've only seen a reflection of your face, okay? But thank God most of you have learned to trust that reflection. I see a few of you this morning looked in the mirror and you thought you looked really good and you just didn't trust the reflection of the alfalfa uh, the hair that was standing up. Okay, no, I'm joking, I'm joking. But when you looked in the mirror, you're like, whoa, i got to do some work here because I'm trusting what I see even though that's not my physical face, that's a reflection of my face, but I see, look, whoa. And you start looking the hand, pulling that thing down or whatever you got to do. Um, okay, so the same is true with our spirit man. Okay, God's word is just like a mirror. And it reflects who you, who you are in spirit. So you can see the body and you can feel your emotions and so forth and see where they're at. But to see who you are in spirit, that new creation that's now supposed to lead, you've got to find its identity from the word. That means you've got to take what the mirror of God's word says more than what you feel. You've got to take the mirror of what God's Word reflects of who you are more than what your circumstances are. Do anybody hear what I'm talking about? I'm telling you, this here's the breakthrough right here. This is the breakthrough. Because flesh goes by what it feels. Flesh goes by what it sees. The soul goes by how it, it feels about this and how its experiences have been in the past and its memories and so forth. But let me tell you what, those are not going to lead you up into the eagle's realm and the supernatural provision of the covenant. It won't do it. But the spirit man will. So the spirit has to find its identity not by what it's feeling, not by memories, not by past experiences, not by what's going on right now. It has to go by what God's word says. James 1.23, the Bible says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, that's the word of God, and continues in it. In other words, if this is what God says, that's what I'm walking in. If God says I'm the head and not the tail, that's what I'm walking in. If God's word says I'm above only and not beneath, I'm, I'm not living beneath. I'm, my circumstances may be beneath. Beneath, but my spirit man's leading me out of that from the chicken yard to the up here where the eagles are flying. So I'm taking what God's word says. I'm above only and not beneath. If the word of God says that by his stripes I'm healed, I'm not letting this pain tell me I'm sick. Yes, this body is sick, but this body needs a healing. And I'm turning and letting spirit lead me into the provision of the covenant of God. If God said he would meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory, instead of whining and complaining and trying to manipulate somebody to give me something that they don't shouldn't be giving me so I can try to get by with this month's rent and keep the refrigerator from being uh, confiscated or whatever i got to turn this thing and say no God said he'd meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory God if he has a rain manna from heaven or bring water up out of a rock in a wilderness or, or cause the wind to shift and bring quail into my camp God he doesn't have, God there's no limitation I need to get into the spirit realm and, and begin to, to pull on the covenant provisions that I have for he says, if he looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, that's the important thing, continues in it and is not forgetful, uh, forgetful here, but a doer of that, this one will be blessed in what he does. Hallelujah. You've got to look in the word of God. What does God's word say you are, who you are and where you are? You've got to get that identity. It does not reflect your body or your soul. Get in the Old Testament and it'll show you all the blood in the guts of what the flesh and the soulish realm can get you into. Bringing us to even the dark ages saying, if we don't get the Spirit of God, we, are, we have no hope. You get into Malachi and then 400 years of silence. It's like, if you don't start calling out for the, for the supernatural side of God, you and your own strength, you see where you got. You broke covenant every time. You broke covenant every time. But God says, I've got a new covenant. You destroyed all the covenants. I should say wipe the planet of the earth away with you. But I'm a loving God. And I'll write a new covenant. And I'll send a new high priest who will come. And he'll be a sinless high priest. And he will build a better covenant. And he will mediate his covenant on better promises. And he will seal it and sign it so it can never be broken on this side by his own blood, his sinless blood. Hallelujah. Now all you got to do is you got to know I'm a covenant keeper. I keep covenant unto a thousand generations. Now how about you? Are you a covenant keeper? Are you willing to come into covenant? Are you? And if you come into covenant, you cannot be going by what the world has shown you. You can't go 
by all the history of the broken covenants, you got to step into the new covenant and see what the new covenant I have said about you. you got to see these promises, and they're all in Christ. Yes and amen. They're already yours. Hallelujah. He says, oh, that's where you got to get. Praise God. See, see, this soulish realm is being renewed, and this body will be glorified one day, the Bible says. So they're the weaker two of the three. The spirit is supernatural. It is your eternity. It is all the promises of God are there in your ATM account. But what you got to do is learn how to get them to affect this soulish realm and this flesh realm, hallelujah, so that you can have what is in heaven on earth begin even today. Praise God. Praise God. So I just encourage you, I encourage you to say, yes, Lord, I want to learn everything I can about how to get what you have deposited in my spirit, in my soul, and in my body so that everyone around me can see that I am an oak of righteousness, a planting of God for the display of His favor. God's favor will be all over you and folks will be drawn to your God because of the favor that they see on your life. And you'll be able to tell them exactly what I'm telling you. Praise God. So, the question is, we take the spirit man, the spirit man looks in the word and says, you are the healed of, healed of the Lord. He sent his word and healed your diseases. By his stripes, you were healed. Okay, so you're getting all of this in your spirit. This is there. That's yours. It's done. Now, how do I get that manifested over here in my flesh? It has to come through the soulish realm. And the soulish realm is your mind, will, and emotions. And that's where Romans 12 and 2 comes in. And he says, do not be conformed to this world. No longer allow this world to press you into its form. It is broken. It is lack. It is pain. It is heartache. Don't do that. But you need to be transformed. The only way you're not going to be conformed to this world is to be transformed. Metanoia, I mean, uh, 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 the, the, the process, metamorphosis, metamorphi, be transformed where you see a caterpillar going into a butterfly. In that you can fly. You've been crawling around caterpillar life, but I'm trying to get you up into the butterfly realm, the eagle's realm, to fly. And how does that happen? When your mind is renewed, by renewing your mind so that you can prove. That's where we're at. We want to prove what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. So your soul can be transformed to the degree that you renew your mind where you change your attitudes and you conform to the Word of God, where you say, my, my mind is disciplined now. I'm a disciple, and I'm going to take what God's Word says rather than what I see. I'm going to take what God's Word says rather than what I feel. I'm going to take what God's Word says rather than what others are saying. I'm going to take what God's Word says rather than what my flesh is saying because all of them have led me astray and led me into this roller coaster cycle of life. I'm ready to start soaring. I'm ready to go to the next level. I'm ready to go from glory to glory and faith to faith. So I'm going to say my mind I'm re is being renewed by the Word of God and I'm going to take what God's Word says over everything else. Hallelujah. If you don't hear me, Townsend, I'm going to ask for a quick little break. You go get my AC going. Sorry about that. Yeah, I forgot to program it and it went off and I miss it so bad. <laughs> Thank you, son. Listen here, if you don't get what I'm saying right now, it's like dying of thirst when water that gives life is right there. It's right there in your reach, but you perish for a lack of knowledge. What I'm about to share with you, and I'm going to give you a tool to take home with you, and, and so you can begin to work, work this thing, work this thing. Come on, baby, work this thing. Come on now. Because... It's like dying of thirst while leaning against a full well of, uh, uh, that's full of living water. It's like dying of thirst at the Niagara Falls. Anybody ever been to Niagara Falls? Anybody? Over here, anybody? Niagara Falls. Isn't that amazing? Over 757,500 gallons per second. Can you imagine? 45,450,000 gallons per minute. Now, and if you go thirsty... 
standing under that. Something is wrong. But that's exactly, that right there, the Niagara Falls is a little duck pond compared to the covenant promises and blessings of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? And, and, and if you stood under those falls, and we've been under with the Maid of the Mist, I'm telling you, it is amazing. The power and the force of it, it is amazing. I'm just telling a little story on towns and no, I won't. Okay. It was amazing. He's a little old tiny fella. And we went under there and he looked up and said, Daddy! You're like, don't you get us killed here, Daddy. And uh, it, it is quite intimidating. It is so powerful. Well, let me tell you what. The blessings of God are greater than this. I can't even give you the multiples, okay? And, uh, but you could stand right there and if you would not drink, you would die of thirst. If you say, well, I, I never was taught to drink. I didn't know how to open my mouth. Okay. Well, the same is true. Think of your soul like the valve on a faucet. Think of your soul like that, okay? It controls the rate of volume that flows uh, from your spirit to your body. Okay, your soul is the middleman. And it's the one controlling how much... Pretend that faucet is connected to the Niagara Falls, okay, and the river there. 45 million gallons plus per minute. That This access right there... But if you close the valve, is anything coming out? If you open it just a trickle, you're going to get a drop or two. So the rate of the flow from the spirit to the body is dependent on the soulish man. So if your mind is renewed and your mind says, I come in agreement with God's word no matter what they said. I come in agreement with God's word no matter what I feel. I come in agreement with God's word. I'm not denying what I feel. I'm not denying my foot swollen twice the size it should be or whatever it is. I'm not denying that, but I'm coming in agreement with God's word that by his stripes I was healed. So there's healing power that can take care of this foot. The same God that created me can recreate an organ in my body. So the doctor's report says there's a limitation, but God said it's without limits. So I'm believing God's word. So if you if your mind is renewed and comes in agreement with God's word, it opens the valve, if I could say it that way. But if you're in agreement with your body and your feelings, well, you know what? Everybody in my family's had to deal with this. And thank God my parents had to deal with it when they were in their 50s and my grandparents dealt with it in their 40s. Thank God at least I don't have to deal with it until in my 60s. But I'll just struggle with this arthritis. I'll struggle with this heart disease. I'll struggle with it. I'll fight it every way I can. If you come in agreement with that, you close the valve and you're on your own. You're on your own. The super is the Niagara Falls of the supernatural is here, but it's closed off because you're in agreement with what you're seeing and feeling. So what you got to do is have that mind renewed and say, I'm going with God's word no matter what. Hallelujah. Because your soul has the power to keep every drop of life-giving power from ever reaching your physical body. Or it has the power to flood your body with the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. So if the valve is open, you'll experience healing and deliverance and anointing and victory and power and joy, peace and God's prosperity and so much more. Hallelujah. And the revelation of this relationship of spirit, soul, and body has transformed my life. It has transformed my life when I realized that God had already given me everything. I said every. I don't have to beg God. I don't have to twist His arm and hope that I can change His mind. It's a done deal. It's contained in my spirit. Oh, man, that set me free. Hallelujah. All I need to do is learn how to release it. The under, you know, to release it. And this simple understanding changed everything. Everything. From somebody that was a chronic sick, sick boy that could tell your sad story. I had a sadder story. You had a sad upbringing. I had a sadder upbringing. You were poor. I was poor. I'm, not, I'm telling you what. I tell you what. I, 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 that, that was that, almost a competition of, of misery and uh, sickness in the body. Well, doctors said, we got to explore to find out what it is because either you're crazy or we don't, you got something so abnormal we can't, we can't diagnose it. I'm telling you, that was my life. But this simple understanding broke me free and I stopped leaning to the flesh and I started leaning to the Spirit and I learned how to get my mind renewed and take the Word of God which is the mirror reflection of my spirit man and as he began to come in, uh, oh, you know what? That stuff had to go. It had to go. See, the Christian life isn't this process of getting from God. It's a process of renewing the mind so you can release into your soul and your body what is already yours in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. But if you don't understand that you've already received it in your spirit, man, at salvation, there will always be an element of doubt. There will always be an element of doubt. 
you may know it's possible, you may know it's even promised in God's Word, but you get stuck in the, in the soulish man saying, but that's not what I'm seeing. That's not what I'm feeling. And brother so-and-so, he was a saint of God if I ever knew it, and he died of such and such. So you start doubting. You start doubting. So then you want to get into formulas. Give me a formula and I'll work hard. I'll do this. Give me a percentage. I'll do that. And surely that will win God's favor. And that doesn't work. It doesn't work. And that makes angry Christians. Well, I gave the full tithe and still went bankrupt. Well, I confessed the word of God and I'm still suffering. I went to church every Sunday and still got a divorce. She left me or he left me. Come on now. And they're angry. And I understand why. I understand why. But it was the lack of knowledge that caused that perishing. Because you don't get what is already yours by working to get it. Because if that worked, Jesus didn't have to come and do the work that He did. The whole Old Testament shows us that the most of righteous of men ever still broke the law. They still broke covenant with God. Right? No one was perfect. That no high priest was perfect until our high priest came. Hallelujah. And he was born of a virgin, so he was not born with that brokenness and that sin nature. But then he had to prove himself, and he did for 33 and a half years. Hallelujah. And he mediated a better covenant for us through his better promises, through better blood. Hallelujah. So we have to break away from this performance-based relationship with God. This is if I'm good enough, if I read the Bible enough, if I witness to enough people, if I go to church enough, you know, then surely, surely God will show me some favor and do a miracle for me. I'm trying to be worthy. I'm trying to be worthy. I'm here to tell you that that right there will bog you down and ruin your life and ruin your relationship with God. You are already worthy because Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. He paid the price for you as well as me. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The fact is, you've already got it. You've got it. It's all yours. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. You are already the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are already the healed. You are already the head. You are already prospered. You are already a leader in your realm. I'm telling you, it's yours in Christ Jesus. Now it's just a matter of understanding the relationship of the spirit, soul, and body so that we can get the valve open and get it flowing. Understanding spirit, soul, and body is critically important to every believer. I would say it this way. It could be a matter of life or death. Life or death. It is the foundation of understanding the rest of Scripture and being able to enter in and walk out this covenant that God has given to us. It has become more... We have to become more intimate with what is in me than what is around me. Your spirit man is moved in now. You're a born again. You're a Christian. You've got to now become intimate with who and what is in you. And how does he say you figure him out? Through this new covenant. And he tells you detail of detail what it took to get you born again and what has been provided for you who are born again and what your spirit man and who he is. Hallelujah. That's why... 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 has to become our mantra, if you could say it that way. For now we walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to walk by what God's Word says. I'm not going to go by what I see, by what I feel, what I've experienced in the past, what my memories hold, what my emotions tell me. I'm going to go by what God's Word says. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. Please see this. Flesh has a unique identity. God gave us fingerprints that are unlike anyone else's. He gave us a DNA that is like, unlike anyone else's. Our flesh has a unique identity. Now, if you think God made our flesh have a unique identity, do you think he left out the soul and the spirit? No. Our soul has a unique identity. We have our own personality, our gestures, our gesticulations, our conscience. Uh, you know, people, they say, you know, he has the heart the size of Texas. 
You ever heard something like that before? Or that's a person, that's a person's ways. That's just their ways. Okay. We all have, our soul has a unique identity. But you know, our spirit has a unique identity as well. And that is voice. It has a voice print. Your voice print is unlike anyone else's. No one, they may try to sound like you, but if they measured it, your voice print has a uniqueness unlike anybody else. There are certain things that belong to you in Christ that will only respond to your voice. Please hear me. The spirit man has all the positive of the covenant. Everything that God has promised is ours. And the voice of the spirit has to, there has to go out a voice so that it will respond to your voice. I'll say it this way. There are certain mountains that belong to you that will only move in response to your voice. Do you not remember Jesus at one occasion saying, if a mountain is standing in your way, you speak to your mountain, be cast into the sea, and guess what he said? Like without blinking an eye, the mountain's gone. The mountain's gone because the mountain heard your voice. Hallelujah. Your voice can activate the spirit realm into the sea. The soulish realm is now opening the valve when you begin to speak what God's word says is yours rather than what you see. See, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Blessing and curses is in the power of the tongue. So the valve is here. What are you going to say? Your voice is going to bring death or your voice is going to bring life. Your voice is going to bring continued sorrow or your voice is going to bring the peace and the joy and the provision of God. Your voice is the hand on the valve. Hallelujah. And it speaks. There are mountains that have been put up against you. There's been pain that has been come against you. There's hardship that has come up against you. There's strategic military demonic attacks that have come up against you. But when your voice begins to sound in alignment as a soul partnering with the Spirit, as the Spirit is partnering with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, what happens is all of the Calvary and all of the everything starts flying flowing in and driving out all of that negative in the flesh. Hallelujah. So I want to give you a powerful tool. I know this preacher is just going long. Okay, we'll, we'll wrap it up. I want to give you a tool. I want to give you a tool. This will open the valve and let what God has deposited in your spirit flow through your soul into your flesh. Okay. I believe in this so much because it changed my life. I'm telling you, I was a chronic sick person. I'm telling you, I was so broke, busted, and disgusted. You know what? Folks looked at me and said, pity case. And they would throw me money, almost like a beggar on the street. I was, I, that's how I used to even try to do ministry. I'm telling you what, I didn't know. I didn't know. And I tithe, and I gave my formulated 10%, doubled it to 20%, and I still was broke. And I, because I didn't know. See, it's the covenant. Now that I understand the covenant, I can't outgive God. I, I'm not going to be limited by a minimum of 10%. My goodness, when I know that I give and it shall be given back, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, there's a law of reciprocity that works from the spirit into the natural. I'm like, man, God, you tell me I'm on it, I'm on it. And then you extravagant offerings. God didn't even tell me to give, but I'm going to give. I'm going to give and write a check, $7,000, I'll put it in. I'm telling you what, you go, when you understand this, your life becomes supernatural. It just becomes supernatural. Hallelujah. So when I, that's why I said, I'm going to invest everything I can to try and get this out to everyone. So at one time, I was just the publisher of the Hampton Road Shepherd's Guide. And like on page nine, I would post in there and I do it in several places in the book and pay to put that in there, my personal confession. Okay. Because I understood this. I understood it. And I couldn't come along and do all this teaching, but I just like, maybe this will help them. Maybe this will help them because this is what turned my life around. And, um, so uh, then uh, God gave us the whole shepherd's guide. See, the super just, just keeps spreading. So he gives the whole shepherd's guide, international, around the world, publishers all over, millions of copies that have gone out and continue to go out all around the world. Not only the 250,000 users we have here in Hampton Roads looking at this personal confession. And by the way, when you get one, you can just pick one up as you're leaving right outside the door there at the Welcome Center. Page 9 is one of them uh, that you can take and you can do exactly what we're going to do here in closing. You can take it. You can make a copy of it. You can cut the page out. But go ahead and bless
bless those uh, advertisers that are in here. All these advertisers in here are saying, I'm not ashamed to be a Christian and do business. And I think if a man or woman's willing to step up in this day and age and say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel and I'm going to run my business in a way that brings glory and honor to God and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not going to hide. Uh, I think they need our business. Amen. So you go ahead and bless those Christian businesses in there. But now we pay to put it in all the books all around the nation and the nations of the world and everything that is going out. Even online, it's going out because I got this revelation, this powerful tool that helped me open the valve and let what God had deposited in my spirit through my soul into my flesh realm. And this, and we're going to close by doing this right now. I'm telling you, because your mountain has to hear your voice. This, this spirit realm needs to hear your voice. Hear your voice. And, and I say this every day, and I would encourage you to say it. When I get up, I get my confession, and I, say, I set the course of my life today with my words. See, I'm teaching as I'm even doing this. I'm teaching myself. I'm renewing my mind. My words are powerful. I declare today that I will not be defeated, discouraged, depressed, or disappointed in this day. For I am the head, and I have insight, and I have wisdom, and I have ideas, and I have authority. And I exercise my authority today with my words, and I decree a thing, and it is so. Hallelujah. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world and the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me and as I speak words today they come to pass these words go before me they bring the things to pass that I desire and they stop all attacks assaults oppression and fear that has come into my life for God is on my side and therefore I cannot be defeated his favor surrounds me hallelujah as a shield I expect favor to Today from heaven and from earth for Jesus had favor with God and man and as he is so am I in this earth so therefore I have favor today with God and with man and I expect and I receive in my home favor in my job favor in my business favor in my ministry favor in my finances favor in every deal that I'm involved in for I have the wisdom of God today I will think the right thoughts I will say the right words and I will make the right decision in every situation that I face today. My mouth speaks wisdom and my heart is filled with understanding. And I ask for and I receive an abundant supply of wisdom and understanding today from God. Wisdom from above. Wisdom that is pure, peaceable, gentle, unwavering, willing to yield without hypocrisy. Wisdom and understanding. They are better than silver and gold and nothing I desire can compare with them. Therefore, I make it my ambition and desire to have an understanding and wisdom. Therefore, I will know and I will have all of the other desires of my heart as well. My words go before me in securing my divine health and healing. That changed my life. That changed my life. I'm telling you, that changed my life. That changed my life. I hadn't had a sick day in so many years. I can't even remember when it was. That changed my life. From what I was to who I am, it is a supernatural transformation. Hallelujah. My words go before me securing my divine health and healing. I will not be sick today. I will not be sad today. I will not be broke today. I will not be confused today. I have health today. I have joy today. I have all the money I need in the name of Jesus. For my steps are ordered of the Lord. I have a covenant with God. And by the blood of Jesus, I release my divine protection and divine provision. My angels are carrying out the word of God on my behalf. I receive supernatural strength and encouragement from God and my angels. Angels carry out the word of God. And every word that I speak that lines up with the word of God is being carried out by angels. Even now, as I speak, I expect to have divine appointments today. To run into the right people and be delivered from the wrong people. Any adversity, attack accidents, tragedies that were headed my way, ha, they're diverted right now in Jesus' name. I speak to the raging waters of my life, peace be still. I say to my emotions, peace be still. I say to my mind, peace be still. I say to my body, peace be still. I say to my home, peace be still. I say to my family, peace be still. And peace is shalom of God where nothing is broken and nothing is missing. So that's why now I speak to every mountain of fear, to every mountain of discouragement, to every mountain of stress, to every mountain of depression, 
to every mountain of lack and insufficiency. And I say with boldness, and I say with confidence, and I say because it is written, I say it out loud, be removed and cast into the sea in Jesus' name. And now I expect the best day of life spiritually, emotionally, relationally, and financially in Jesus' name. Hallelujah! 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 Would you stand with me? Hallelujah! Glory, glory, glory! Glory, hallelujah! Glory! This is a tool. This is a tool you can use right now to learn how to open the valve and get your eyes of what you see onto what God says. Your spirit sees who it is by the Word of God, so line up with the Word of God. Use your voice print and start changing your destiny in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is a covenant keeper. But one thing that will keep us out of that covenant if we don't understand spirit, soul, and body, God's a covenant keeper. So the question is, are you? I know we've stumbled in our keeping the end of the covenant, maybe because of this misunderstanding we've had. But I pray after today, you can say, wait a minute, I want to renew my vows. Just like, just like uh, Brother Robert and Gene Keyes renewed their vows in the first service after 61 years. They said, we're still in love and we're still going to walk this life together. Maybe you want to renew your vows with God. Maybe you've been walking with the Lord for many, many years, but this was a part you didn't really understand. But you're like, God, I now see it. I see it. And I want to walk in the fullness and the fervor. And I want to walk in the power that you have for me. Hallelujah. I want to be that oak of righteousness, the planting of you, Lord God, for the display of your splendor. That your glory is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And you want your glory on my family. You want your glory on my life. You want your glory on my business. You want your glory on my career. You want your glory on my schooling. God, I surrender all to you. How do you enter into covenant with God? It begins by believing that God has raised Jesus from the dead. He's alive. And then by voice print, voice print, gotta be, it's got to be your voice, confessing that Jesus Christ is my Lord. That's not a title. That is a position. Meaning He rules and He reigns. I surrender all. I surrender all to you, Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you want to renew your vows to Him. Maybe you're here and you've never entered into this covenant with God and this wonderful relationship He's provided through His Son, Jesus, and you want to. So either if you want to renew your vows, a sign of surrender, two hands raised, or you want to make that surrender right now, just lift your hands before the Lord as we pray. Lord God, you see these hands. You see these hands. These are yours. These are yours. Entering into covenant. Renewing covenant with you right now, God. That it's going to walk according to the Spirit and not the flesh. Hallelujah. Lord, I lift my hands real high. I want you to see me, Lord God. I want to renew my, my faith in you every day, Lord. Every day. Oh, great is thy faithfulness. So, Lord God, as I, we lift our hands before you, we say today, I believe. I believe. Yes, I believe. Jesus, you've been raised from the dead. You are alive and you're going to live and are living in and through me now. As I surrender all to you. I give you my life. I give you my mistakes. I give you my dreams. I give you my failings. I give you my plans. I give you uh, the things that I've done that have disappointed you. God, I just surrender it all to you. I give you my family. I give you my career. I give you my health. I give you my finances. I give it all to you. Lord, I surrender to you as a Lord. You're under your Lordship even now. And I just want to be a steward of this thing. God called life. I'm yours. 100%. I give myself away. Yes, God, I give myself away to you. Hallelujah. And now, God, I see how I am to get my spirit man to get his, get his identity from your word. So, Lord God, help me as I delve into the new covenant and see your promises and provisions and, and, and your identity of my spirit man that I would see it and understand it, Lord God. Lord God, that I would believe your word over what I feel. I'll believe your word over what I see. I will feel, I believe your word over what others say. God, I'm going with you and your word. Your word. Lord, I, I'm so committed that 
Lord, I've said to you so many times as people have challenged me and said, well, pastor, if you believe that, what if you're dying one day, still believing and you're taking your last breath, but you're dying of a, a disease or sickness? I st- God, I promised you I'm going to go with the word open saying I still believe the word. I still believe the word. I still believe the word. I'm not backing off of the word because you're not a man that you should lie. Lord God, I, we surrender to you tonight. Today, God, holy, solely, we're believing you, Lord God. We're believing your word over everything. Hallelujah. Praise your name. Fill us with your spirit. Fill our spirit, man, with your spirit. Communicate with your own language to our spirit, man. Lord God, build up our spirit, man. Lord, we receive you, Holy Spirit. Fill us, baptize us, overflowing. Lord God, let the river of life flow in and out of us. Hallelujah. To you be the glory and to you be the honor. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus said, I'll build my church. And the church I'm building, the gates of hell is going to tremble. The gates of hell is going to be opened up and everything the devil stole has got to be given back. The church that I'm building is powerful. That's what we're trying to do here at Christian Embassy. We're trying to get our minds renewed and get back to who we are in Christ Jesus where we're kicking down the gates of hell and taking back what the enemy has stolen. There's coming a day when the church will be raptured and taken out and there will be total tribulation. The Antichrist will do what he wants, but he's not at liberty to do what he wants today because the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is still here, is still alive, and is still marching. Hallelujah. Praise God.